Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. That's your B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I will be taught the uncompromised Word of God. My mind's alert. My heart's receptive. I'll not leave the same. I will not leave the same. I will not leave the same as I came in Jesus' name. And every time I come to Church on the Rock, my faith and my life get stronger and stronger. Let's thank God for the Word today. Come on, give it up for the Word today. Amen. Well, I hope you have a Bible. I hope you have something to take notes with, an iPad or a pad or something. But let's open our Bible to Matthew 28. We're on a series. We have one more weekend on the authority of the believer, the authority of the believer. I want to share with you what changed my life. You know, really, every one of us in this room and online, you have a story. And when you tell your story, wow, it can impact other people, can't it? Well, you know, I got born again when I was 11 years old, 11 years old, and I grew up in the church. My dad was a deacon. My mom was Sunday school superintendent. Every time the doors were open, we were in church. Here's my dad's philosophy. Dave, as long as your feet are under my table, you're going to do what I say to do. Can I have a witness in the house? I think it, I think it turned out okay for me. Praise God. Okay. He said, as long as your feet are under my table, you're going to do what I want you to do, and we're going to church, okay? So I grew up in the church. I thank God for my heritage, but, but I grew up, you know, and thinking that being taught that whatever happens to you is God's will. Whatever happens to you is God's will. I couldn't swallow that even growing up as a teenager and, and as a young adult. I couldn't swallow that. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that everything that happened to me, the good, the bad, the ugly, was God's will? Because I just believed that God was a good God. And seriously, way back then, I believed God was for me. Even when people might be against me, I believe that God was for me. So it wasn't until Kim and I, we were in college, that I got a hold of a book, a Kenneth Hagin book. I got a hold of a book on the authority of the believer, and it absolutely changed my life. Now, I want to tell you something that's so important, this message, because if you don't have a revelation of the authority of the believer, You'll live as a victim and not a victor. That's how important this message is. You know, here we are in May. I would say out of all the series that I've done this year, if I only could pick one, only could have one, it would be this one, the authority of the believer. It changed the way I live. If you as a Christian don't know it, how to walk in it, how to release it, how to feed it, how it functions, you will live as a victim and not a victor. Now, how relevant is this message? We are surrounded by victim-thinking people in the world today. 
Everybody's feeling sorry for themselves. They're touchy. They get upset easily. Uh, there are all kinds of things that are happening in their life, drama and trauma and hurt and pain, and they don't know what to do with it. So we found out a few weeks ago that according to the Internet, most Americans are blaming God for their trouble. So see, they don't know this message. What you're about to hear, most of the church doesn't know this message, okay? The authority of the believer. Can you say it with me? The authority of the believer. When you know it and you understand it and you can apply it. It's not going to church and hearing a sermon and sleeping. It's going to church and hearing it and then you keep hearing it till you understand it. Faith doesn't come till you understand it. Faith doesn't come till you understand it. And when you understand it and apply it, then it will change your life and make your life better, like you heard the testimonies of those that have been here since 40 years ago, okay? So here we go. Y'all ready to go on a journey with me? The authority of the believer. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All what? All authority has been given to me, not just in heaven, but praise God on earth. Because you and I right now, we're on earth. And so I want to know how to have a little heaven on earth. I don't want to have to wait till heaven to have heaven. I want to have a little heaven on here, the now and nasty. John Osteen used to call it the now and nasty. I want to have a little heaven in the now and nasty. So all authority, everybody say all, has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Verse 19. So go, therefore, take this authority Make disciples. He's talking about their ministry. He's talking about their assignment. He's talking about why they're on the earth. He's talking about why he didn't take them with him when he ascended to heaven because they had an assignment. They have a mission. There's a will of God for their life. Notice, please note this. You and I can't fulfill our destiny without authority. You and I can't fulfill our destiny, the will of God, the plan of God, without a revelation of the authority of God. He said, I have all authority. Now, Adam had it, your great, 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 great grandfather, Adam in the Garden of Eden, okay? But he lost it through sin. He lost it through sin. The second Adam came, that's Jesus, and brought back what the first Adam lost. So now Jesus has the authority. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He spoiled principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. He defeated the devil and got back the keys of authority. Now he's given it to mankind, his believers, his followers, those who are born again, saved Christians. But he said, now take this authority and now understand it, walk in it, live it, release it, and go fulfill my purpose for your life. You with me, everybody? So this message, that's how important it is. You'll never be the man or the woman or the parent or the Christian or the disciple or the disciple maker without understanding the authority of the believer. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So what Jesus had authority over, big idea. Every sermon needs a big idea. This is the big idea. What Jesus had authority over, you and I, as his followers, have authority over also. Because the authority that he gained back, he gave to you. The authority that he gained back, he gave to you. He didn't have a different kind of authority to give us. He gave us the same authority 
that he bought and purchased with his blood. So what Jesus had authority over, you have authority over. Next slide. What did he have authority over? Demons. He had authority over demons. You and I as Christians in the body of Christ are experiencing more satanic, demonic, spiritual warfare than ever before. You know it's true. You're facing more opposition, persecution, stress, trauma, you know, burnout, fatigue, weariness, upset, can't sleep, insomnia, depression than ever before. What is that? Satanic warfare, demonic activity. Who are you coming up with this, Pastor? From the Bible. The Bible says as you near the end of the age, more demonic activity will take place. We're there. Number two, he had authority over sickness. Well, that's good to know. You do know that sickness doesn't come from God, right? You do know that sickness is not the will of God. Sickness came with sin. Sickness came with the curse. You have authority over sickness because Jesus did. He gave it to us. Thank you, Lord. Number three, you have authority over bad weather. Really, Pastor? Isn't it just the way that it is? Well, it is the way that it is. But the prince and the power of the air or weather is the devil, not the newscaster, not God. It's in Ephesians, New Testament, chapter 2, verse 2. The prince and the power of the air atmosphere is Satan. He's behind any bad weather that destroys and brings destruction. God is not behind that. Number four. Now, we looked at all this two weeks ago. Last week, we had Terry Seville Foy. Did you enjoy Terry? Yeah. Last week, we had her with us. And the uh, week before, though, we were teaching on this. So you can go back to our website and pick it up. Number four, he had authority over sin and hurtful habits. We don't have to live with it, put up with it, make excuses for it, or say we just have to live with it. We can do something about sinful, hurtful habits. Okay? Then number five, he had authority over lack and poverty. Thank you, Jesus. He's greater than recession, than inflation, and gas prices, grocery prices, utilities going up, insurance going up. It is for the church. It is for the ministry. It is for you. It is for me. But thank God, God's will for you and me is prosperity, abundance, and more than enough. Amen? We had our marketplace ministry last night, and one of our parishioners, one of our members, one of our people who have their own business came up to me and said, Pastor, I'm doing more now than I've ever done in my business, with my business. I'm making more money, making more deals, doing now more, better off than I've ever been in my entire life. And she's in her 60s, okay? It's a lady entrepreneur in our church. God's will is not lack or poverty. You have authority over lack and poverty. Next slide. Authority is made up of Okay, Pastor, I get it. Jesus had it, gave it to us. We have over what he had over. Really, what does it mean, authority? How do I grow in it? How do I develop it? How do I walk in it? What's the recipe? What's the formula? What makes up authority? I want to be more bold, Pastor. I want to be a more bold witness. I want to be more confident in my calling. I want to have more assurance. How do I do that? How do I wrap my head around, okay, Jesus had authority. We're supposed to have authority, but how do I develop it? How do I increase in it? How do I become bold as a lion? How do I become bold 
as a lion. That's scripture, by the way. Authority is made up of three things, and we'll deal more with it next weekend, but number one, it's made up of righteousness. Righteousness. Can you say that with me? Righteousness. Righteousness simply means right with God. Right with God. Yesterday, I listened to hours of Kenneth Hagin on the In Him series. Amazing. In Him series. I started listening to that in 79 and 80, and I still get revelation from the In Him series. Righteousness means right standing with God, knowing who you are in Christ. Let me give you some scriptures for that. Next slide, guys. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any person be what? Come on, I can't hear you. In what? Okay, there it is right there. You got to know who you are in Christ. You're not a loser. You're not a whiner. You're not a victim. You're not a beggar. You don't bear to get by. You're not defeated. You don't stay depressed. You don't stay down. You don't feel sorry for yourself. Come on, somebody. You're not a victim. You're a victor. But you got to know who you are in Christ, right? Old things pass away. Old patterns, old thoughts, old verbiage, old confession, old image, self-image. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You got to spend the rest of your Christianity finding out what is new to you in him. New patterns, new talk, new walk, new habits, new relationships, new priorities, new desires. Amen. Next script, next guys, verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us, God the Father to God the Son. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the what? Righteousness of God in him. That means right standing with God. Now we have a relationship. Now you don't need a priest between you and God. You can go directly to God. That's awesome. That's awesome. But you got to know who you are. If any man or woman be in Christ, you, need, you spend your whole Christian walk getting revelation of who you are in Christ, in him, in whom. Okay? Next slide, guys. For if by one man's offense death reigned, that's Adam, the first Adam. If by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more than which they receive abundance of grace and the gift of what? Righteousness. Remember, authority is made up of righteousness, knowing who you are in Christ. The old you is buried. The new you has come. Of grace and the gift of righteousness, when you understand that, what do you do? Reign in life. What does that mean? You win. You overcome. You're an overcomer. You're a winner. You got born again. You were born to win. Am I talking too fast for you today? I got a whole lot to give you. Okay. I got to get it out. Amen. Either that or Pastor Kim's going to hear me all afternoon. So I got, she wants me to give it to you. Okay. But look at this. You reign, not whine, feel sorry for yourself, compare yourself, feel insecure, don't like yourself, angry at the world, angry at God. No, 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 no. You can reign in life. You can be a winner, overcomer, successful. How? Through the righteousness of God in Christ. You become bold, confident, take risk, 
You step out, you keep moving forward, you bounce back, you have resilience, you don't quit, you don't stop, you have the ability to outlast the storm. Can we praise God? Come on, let's give God a praise for righteousness. We'll talk more about that. Number two, redemption. Number two is redemption. So, so authority is made up of righteousness. And then number two, it's made up of redemption. So what does this mean? You need to study righteousness till Jesus comes back. You keep studying righteousness. You look up the word righteousness in the Bible, and then you study all the scriptures on righteousness, and you ask God for revelation. Number two, the authority of the believer is made up of redemption. You got to know who you are in Christ, but also you got to know what belongs to you through redemption. So the scripture for that, guys, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has what? Redeemed us. Now, see, if this doesn't light your fire, that means you don't have a revelation. But if it gets you excited like I am, you have a revelation. If you sleep through this or you roam on your phone through this, you have a revelation. You don't see it as important. I see it as vital. Walking with God for 50 years, I see it as vital. I see that this is what changed my life. This is what changed your life, your marriage, your parenting, your children, your legacy. And you got to get excited about it. You got to ask God for a revelation. Because if you sleep on this, that means you're spiritually carnal. You're spiritually lukewarm. This should, come on, baby, light my fire. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, quoting scripture. For it is written, cursed is everyone who gets crucified on a cross. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. When Jesus hung on the cross of the tree, he took our curse on him. Next scripture, Galatians 3.14. Why did he do it? So that the blessing, he redeemed you from the curse so he could release a blessed life on you, your family, and your children. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. See the term in Christ Jesus? There's an in Christ, in him, in whom. That the blessing of Abraham, so we're not to go around feeling sorry for ourselves. We're to go around confessing and affirming Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I am redeemed from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. And through doing that, you begin to reign over your circumstances. Rise above your feelings and your circumstances. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise. Oh, hallelujah. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse in line. I learned that in Sunday school, by the way. Receive the promise of the Spirit. How do you receive it? By faith. You don't receive it by feeling, but you receive it by faith. So authority is made up of, I forgot, the first star was righteousness. The second one is redemption. Next slide, guys. Number three, resistance. See, you are in spiritual warfare, and sometimes we as Christians want to know, I hear about spiritual warfare I hear about demons and evil spirits and the devil, and I hear about spiritual, the good fight of faith. What does all that mean? Pastor, break it down for me. I want to know, what is spiritual warfare? Can I just make it really simple? It's resistance. Spiritual warfare is resisting the devil. His lies, his strategies, his tactics, his pressure, 
his thoughts. Spiritual warfare as a Christian boils down to that, resistance. Authority means you have the position to change your condition. You have the position to change your circumstances, that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, that you need to know what to receive and what to resist. Me as growing up in the church, which I'm thankful for, but they told me to receive everything and anything because that was God's will. I couldn't buy that. I couldn't see God doing bad things to me. So then I got the revelation in college on the book of The Authority of the Believer by Kenneth Hagin. Changed my life. I began to study the scripture for myself. Hey, I'm supposed to resist Satan, demons, evil thoughts, lack, poverty, sickness, depression, insomnia, panic attacks. I'm supposed to resist that in the name of Jesus, right? That's, that's authority of the believer. You just don't swallow everything that happens to you as God's will for you. Okay, so next, next slide, guys. Scripture for that is James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Now, the authority won't work. Now, this is worth you combing your hair, taking a shower, I hope, before you came to church, right here. I tried that, Pastor, and... And nothing worked for me. I resist the devil and things got worse. Question, question, are you under authority? If you're not under authority, the authority won't, can't, don't work in our life. If I'm rebellious, if I'm out of my role as a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, an employee, an employer, if I'm, if I'm in rebellion, if I won't submit to authority, then the authority won't work for me. Notice the word submit before resist. I have to submit to authority. I have to be under God's authority. And where do we find God's authority? In the Bible. Can I make it real simple, break it down? If, if I'm not submitted to the word, the word won't work for me. If I'm lying, cheating, stealing, gossiping, if I'm not tithing, giving, and serving, if I'm not praising, but I'm critical, complaining, and griping, then I'm not submitting my flesh to the Word. I'm not submitting my emotions, my feelings, my desires to the Word. Submission comes before resisting. So I have to learn the power of being under authority before I can walk in authority. That's worth coming to church for. That helps us. I want to know what I'm doing wrong. Yesterday, we were doing our leadership podcast that we do, and I was doing it with our guest speaker, Jody Mayberry, and after we got done, now, I've been doing television for, for 40 years, okay? And I've been doing all this for 40 years, but I'm a lifelong learner. So after I got done doing the interview on our leadership, leadership podcast that will come out next week, I asked Jody, I said, Jody, what could I do better? I want to know what I'm doing wrong. I want to know, am I offensive? Am I... Uh, this, that, and the other? Am I too long, too short? Uh, feed me, tell me, give me feedback. What was I doing? Open to change. I submitted to his authority, to what he might have to say that would help me help you and be a better pastor, teacher, and podcaster, okay? But if I won't, if I can't submit to authority, if I can't be under authority, if I'm rebellious and talk back about authority, then authority won't work for me. So, Submission comes before resistance. Therefore, submit to God through his word. 
Resist the devil and he will run in terror from you. That word resist in the Greek is continuous present tense action. It means you never stop doing it. it. means you don't do this on Sunday at 1030 and then you don't do it until next Friday at 130. This is 724. This is a lifestyle. This is when things come at you and against you that aren't from God. You resist it. How do you do it? In Jesus name. Stop it. In Jesus name. I rebuke you. In Jesus' name, you can't do this. I take authority in the name of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb, and I overcome. That's how that works. Stop messing with my marriage. Stop messing with my health. Stop messing with my kids, my grandkids. Stop messing with my ministry, my career, my relationships. Devil, go in Jesus' name. And he has to go. He has to go. Next scripture for this. 1 Peter 5, 8, so spiritual warfare, in a nutshell, one word is resistance. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, notice, is not God. God's not our problem. It's the devil. It's not black people, white people, brown people, old people, skinny people. It's not the Republicans or the Democrats or the Libertarians. Who's our adversary? The devil. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Notice, he can't devour everybody. He's looking who he can devour. He's looking who those who think everything that happens is God's will. Wow. He's looking for those who put the responsibility on God on that which should be man's responsibility, right? God had authority, gave us his authority. What he had authority over, we have authority over. Next verse, next verse, verse nine. So what do we do? What do we do? He's seeking whom he may devour. What do we do? Lay down, give up, quit, be wimps, waver. Pansies, feel sorry for us. No, we stand up. We know who we are in Christ, righteousness. We know we're redeemed from the curse of the law. So what do we do? We resist him. We say, I'm not going to put up with this devil. I'm not going to be a loser. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm not going to live depressed. I'm not going to be down. I'm not going to be envious. I'm not going to be critical. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be a victim. Devil, get out of here. In Jesus' name, I bind you. I rebuke you. I command you. Go in Jesus' name. Resist him steadfast in faith. How's it work? It's not a formula. It's not a formula. It works by faith. It's not a formula. It works by faith. Knowing that what you're going through, a lot of other brothers and sisters are going through the very same thing. Next, can, can you handle just a little bit more? Okay. Philippians 2 verse 9. This could change the rest of your day. Could change the rest of your week. Could change the rest of your month. Could change the rest of your year. Today, you're in the right place at the right time. And I sure do love you. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him. Who? Jesus. Gave him the name which is above every other name. So the name of Jesus is higher than cancer. Poverty, bigotry, racism, jealousy, envy, hurt, pain, tuberculosis, brain tumor, cancer, lumps, bumps, bills, right? Contention, strife, those are all names. The name of Jesus is above those names. The name of Jesus has more power than the name of cancer, arthritis, tuberculosis, brain cancer. I love that. 
verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of things that are in heaven. Guess what? Where we are on earth. And guess what? You want to know where hell is? Under the earth. A lot of people, when you say hell's in the center of the earth, say, where'd you get that? Right here. Right here. Hell is in the, under the earth, in the center of the earth. Okay? But notice the name of Jesus is greater than any other name in heaven, earth, and hell. The authority of the believer is released with that name. But it's not a formula. I can't go out and say, in the name of Jesus, go. And if I'm in rebellion with my husband or my wife, my mom or my, fa- my, mom or my dad, talking about my boss or my pastor, how'd that get in there, pastor? <laughs> it won't work for me. It just won't work for me, okay? Next slide, as the team comes out, John 14, 14. If you, so we got to do something, right? We got to take responsibility. If you ask anything, how are we to ask? In my name, I will do it. If you ask anything, so when you're praying, you should always pray in the name of Jesus. When you're speaking to your circumstances, when you're speaking to your body, your feeling, your emotions, you're speaking over your house, you should always declare what you're asking for in the name of Jesus. Because the authority that's been granted to us, gifted to us, is released through that name. Okay? Next slide. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16. He who believes... I'm I have in the house? Seven. Okay. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but those who do not believe will be condemned. Verse 17. And these signs, signs should follow a believer. You've heard me say it. You heard Terry Savelle Foy say it. What you're believing, you're becoming. What you're believing, you're becoming. What you're believing is revealed in what's following you the fruit. Signs should follow us. We don't follow signs. And these signs will follow those who believe. What signs? In my what? Name. How do you release the authority of the believer? Using the name of Jesus. Using the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I'm going to sleep tonight. In Jesus' name, you give your beloved sweet sleep. In Jesus' name, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you will cast out devils. Notice the first sign of a believer and the authority they're walking in is you have power over demonic activity. Evil spirits, harassing spirits, hurting spirits, lying spirits. You've been given authority. Tell them to shut up. Praise break. Can you praise God for the word? Wow. So all all that happens in his name, all that happens in his name. Takeaways. What do we do then, Pastor? Got to have takeaways from a homily. Homily. Got to have takeaways from a sermon. Time together, the message. What's the takeaways? Here's what you need to do. Here's what I need to do. Giving you a whole lot of information. And you say, Pastor, doesn't a lot of people know this? Listen, I've been around people that's been here for 20 years and they still don't use the name. Hallelujah. Come on now. 
So we may say, oh, I know that. But then listen to somebody talk, and you know they don't know it. They don't have the revelation. They don't have a clue. Okay? So I, I want you to do this. Pray this prayer, Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. And you pray this prayer, and this is the prayer that you pray every day. This morning, I prayed it for you. This morning, I prayed it for you. You pray this prayer daily. This morning, my little alarm went off at 5.30, got in the shower, and I'm praying for you. And I'm praying this Ephesian prayer, okay, as your pastor. So what do we do? Number one, we pray this prayer every day. And what does it do? It tells us what Jesus has done for us. You want to pray, God, give me revelation of my redemption, of my righteousness, of my resistance. Give me revelation of how to walk this authority out, how to build it, get bolder, confident, more assured, not weak, not waver, not give up, not be a pansy, but be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. God, show me what Jesus has done for me. Number two, what belongs to me? Lord, I want to know what's mine in Christ. We've all been given an inheritance, right? We're joint heirs. So we want to know what belongs to us. Healing belongs to you. Abundance belongs to you. Victory belongs to you. Peace and joy, longevity belongs to you. Amen. Protection, promotion, prosperity belongs to you, my brother and sister. And then number three, God, show me how to walk in this authority. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.